Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to the Bet Online Salute to Troy USC football show. Me and your boy Phil Robert back. Excited to be here. It's one of the most important times. It's camp time. It is camp time. It's and camp time. Camp is kind of like time. camp is like this is what camp is like for me. Camp is like Thanksgiving. And the reason why I say that is because it's like, all right, like it's a it's a good holiday. You get a couple of days off, but you gotta go back to work on Monday. But you get to enjoy time with your family, you get to have some fun, like it's worth it. But you know Christmas is coming, right? You know, like, you know, like, all right, it's Thanksgiving, the next holiday is Christmas, and Christmas is gonna be here fast. And that's what the camp is like. Like you're checking into camp, you're so excited. But the game is still a month away, you know, and you get into day seven and your body feels like jello. And you're just like, all right, how am I going to make it through? But eventually, you know, I know I'm going to play another game. I'm going to get to hit somebody else. Tired of hitting my own team. Tired of these long nights. School has started. So that's kind of a plus. But those first three weeks are are rugged. They don't have two-a-days anymore so they're lucky by that they're lucky with that one but it's just one of those things where you just you kind of you you know something good is coming but you just have to settle with the eve i guess you could say like so this is like thanksgiving camp is like thanksgiving to me but you know pretty soon we're three weeks out right we're about three weeks out we have college football this weekend which is we have college football this weekend so it's all a plus but you know, you just got to make it through camp. Got to get through camp. Absolutely, you do. And like it, like you and Luke called it Thanksgiving, and I, I hadn't quite thought of it that way. But camp is always a special time for me. I love it. I love you. You can learn so much about a football team by watching them in camp, watching them practice, watching how they get down, getting an understanding of just get getting a baseline of the journey so that you can see where you start where you end up and really the the growth and maturity that happens from the team as they as they progress together through daily practices through struggles through games all the way to the end of the season and so it's it's like it's like the monsoon it's camp is like the monsoon at the end of the drought you know it's dry (laughs) you thirsty you need you need that football and here it comes in droves, and you just lean back, just let it hit you in the face. Especially like there's no greater feeling than than game week. No. You know what I mean? And, and game week, and the game week is two weeks away, like we said. But there's 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 no better feeling than game week. You get to game week, and it's you're on a whole different just a whole different way of life and, and you get so excited and like the whole idea of getting to hit somebody else. That's, that's extremely fun. Now, I mean, it's camp time. We're excited about camp. Uh, we're going to talk about camp today. Today's a whole camp show. And let's, let, let's just put it out there. Let's just put what everybody says about their quarterback in camp, right? Caleb Williams looks really well in camp. <laughs> let's, 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 Shocker really well in camp, you know what I mean? So we 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 got that one out there, and that's that's said that we we said it, everybody heard it said. So let's go ahead and do that. Caleb Williams looked well in camp. 
Let me ask you this. What quarterback does not look good in camp besides backups? Right. I they, mean, they're saying they're saying when you say Sam Darnold and and um Baker Mayfield looks good and they're battling out, everybody, their quarterback always looks good. We're just saying the line as a joke. But in, in reality, be up like that. You said Sam Darnold, and I got to thinking about Carolina Sam Darnold and had to remember, well, before we say something hectic, that's, <laughs> our, man, that's our man. Yeah. So just pull back. <laughs> so they had a scrimmage, right? USC decided a scrimmage. Well, not yes. decided. They normally have about three scrimmages a year in camp. That's a normal thing. Um, and the thing that sticks out to me when they scrimmage, and the thing that stuck out to me in the spring scrimmage, and we and we were talking about this offline, is how good they're going to be in their running game. A lot of people just see Addison and Williams and 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 they and they just see they see uh future Megatron, right? And and Kyle Ford, but they don't understand how good SC is gonna be in the running game. All right, so they have Travis Dye, who is the transfer from Oregon, who is already an established back in the Pac 12. They also have a number of brown backs that they do use. I believe that Austin Jones got carries, right? Uh yes. I believe that Matt Colombo got a couple of carries, right? We got, we look, you know what I mean? And like when they got these carries, they didn't just carry the ball five yards. And like they ran the football, right? We've seen them run the football <clears throat> come out of camp. They're still reporting that these running backs are pretty good, right? Even though Travis Dye has gotten the starting spot, there's multiple running backs in the system that will get the ball, right? Everybody's talking about all these big name receivers. But everybody forgets that Brendan Rice is a starting receiver for the Trojans, right? So he is a starter, and he's going to be a dominant in the catch and throw right now, get five yards because that's a part of their run game, which we talked about. So that's one of the things that 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 stands out to me, like coming out of camp is all these transfers and all these guys that they went to go get are actually productive, like – they might Rice might not be up for the Belindikoff, right? Or he might not be the big name, or he might not have his jersey in the bookstore, but he is a valuable player on their offense, right? Die might not win the Heisman Trophy. He might not be the best running back, but he is a valuable person in the Trojans offense. Like he's gonna be very valuable in the Trojans offense, which is very, very good. Their O line is outstanding. Their O line is though I thought their O line was not gonna be good. I thought up front. Offense and defensively, they weren't going to be good. But they moved some guys around. They brought in a very good coach. <clears throat> and from what I'm hearing and from what I'm reading, their O-line is going to be very, very dominant. They got in shape. They're moving around up front. Their O-line is going to be dominant up front, which is Damn. great, right? That's a big thing, and that's what matters when it comes down to playing this type of offense and what matters for their first year because it's like, this is their debut again. So this is their debut, and that type of thing matters. Absolutely. And and one of the one of the best things about college football is the fact that nobody's peaked and that everybody is is coming in, starting low, and just continuing to progress and ascend. Ascending young players is the backbone of, of this program. And I can't wait to see how much they have all progressed 
once it's once the season starts. The line getting better is only going to be a better and better thing for this offense, like you said, as you alluded to. We got four starting wide receivers, and we still haven't even had a chance. We've talked about the running backs. We didn't mention Raleek Brown, and we haven't even begun to get into the tight ends because I see the tight ends as the unsung heroes of this offense that nobody's talking about. They're about to do a lot of dirty, dirty work. Whenever you have, whenever you have six tight ends on your roster, you're using tight ends. Yes, sir. And at, at, at times you're using tight ends. That means you're going to use two tight ends at a time in the game, right? So we're not going to see just 10 personnel. We're going to see 11. We're going to see 22. Like, you're using tight ends. And, and a lot of people have a perception of what they think they're going to see because of what they're what they're told on flash ends because we really don't watch Oklahoma out here unless they're playing Texas. But you're going to see the true extent of Lincoln Riley's offense, like, cover to cover. Right, you're gonna see how they really don't go fast, but they keep they play their pace, and and that that's the thing about their they play at their pace. Like their pace might not be extremely fast, or their pace might not be hurry up and get on the ball, but they play their pace of offense, which might be faster than most. Which you have to keep up. Like as long as they're playing, they're they remind me of like a basketball team. Like as long as that basketball team plays at their pace, then then they'll be good. Right, so. They play at their pace. Keep their pace. Keep playing their pace and start making moves. And then once they get in the rhythm, they are a rhythmatic offense. And once they get in that rhythm, a lot of things start to happen. And, and they're settling in that rhythm. The best thing that can happen, and we talked about this in the spring, is Caleb Williams being in spring ball. Now he's in camp as the number one quarterback. That means he's had three, technically three camps with Lincoln Riley which means he understands the playbook. It's not a new playbook for him. This is something that he's done multiple times and has multiple reps. So now he's able to make it seem like it's just second nature. It's easy. He doesn't have to think. He knows where everything is, which is perfect for a quarterback. Absolutely, Absolutely it is. Muscle memory, familiarity, trust in your receivers, trust in the plays, not having to think too much, being able to read, and especially with this offense, because we we broke down this offense with uh, with our with our friend, and this offense is a quick read offense. The reads don't change; they're 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 the same reads every time, and it it makes it easier for the quarterback to just do his thing. And they put an awful lot around him so he can do it even better than he did last year when he took over college football by storm pretty much down in Oklahoma and stole Spencer Rattler's job. No, well, and that's correct. And and here is another positive. He's not playing in the Big 12 again. So watching all the film on him, like all the Big 12 coaches thought they were going to do and get it up on him. He's in a whole different league now. He's in a whole different conference, but he has the same coach. He has the same offensive coordinator. He has the same play caller, which is two advantages in one, I think, in my opinion, because if you're playing in the Big 12 again, you have to – you're going to watch film on Caleb Williams all year. What do you do to be a zero? How do you beat us? How do we stop him? Let's pull up all the plays where he did – where he struggles. Okay, this is what you have to do. Now you're in a new conference, so you're just like, eh, you're kind of eh on them anyway because, like, you're thinking of their SEO's past and you're not really sold on the whole – just because Lincoln Riley here, they're still bad. Well, there's a lot of things that's changed. 
that makes FC a lot better. NIL for one. Um, Lincoln Riley for another one. Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, Addison. Just, you know, just to name a couple things that makes SC a way better team. But the fact that he's here now and he's not in the Big 12 again and he's going to see something new, but he's not playing a new offense is what is a, a supreme advantage for him at quarterback. Him seeing new defenses, per se, per se might be something. But the fact that he's still running the same offense, so he knows what to see. All right, still one high. One high is one high. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two high is two high. Man is yeah. man. Like, what puts it in that? What puts in that? Nothing really changes schematically on defense. It might be a different zone drop or something like that. But you really can't get creative, too creative on defense because that's how you lose. So for him to say that and he just needs to learn what to do, that puts him in a way, way – he's so far advanced – now, because he's going to his second year in his second camp with his first spring ball than he was last year where he was going to do his first year in his first camp, right? Just learning. He's now getting better. He's now being he's now being coached and not taught, which he's probably still being taught, but he's not as extreme as it was a whole calendar year ago. No, not at all. And and the two years of familiarity in the offense, the two years of familiarity with the same head coach, two years of familiarity with the same wide receiver. And now, yes, he has Jordan Addison and he didn't play with him. But Mario Williams is, was his guy from Oklahoma and a guy that he's been with since the spring game and is very familiar and comfortable with. And, and all of that adds up to that. And while we've been talking about him and what he can do, and how, how his level of comfort is going to translate to the field, his level of comfort is in turn going to be able to feed all of his wide receivers. They're going to know that when all they got to do is get open and he's going to hit them. All they know is that they got to do their job, reach their hands out, bad. Caleb Williams is coming to the rescue, going to be on time and right on the money with the throw. And and, and nothing is better, nothing is a better, prettier sight than watching the a USC wide receiver clad in crimson streaking down the field for six points. Yeah, it's Cardinal and Gold, though. No, don't say crimson. That's Cardinal. Stanford. Excuse me. <laughs> it's all right. But no, but I'm okay. So, one eye. <laughs> so now that, that leads on to the next thing, right? Yeah. SC is loaded at receiver. They have eight receivers that are really good. Not just, not just, you know, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, Kyle Ford. They have a plethora of receivers that are really good. They have receivers that are probably not going to play, are probably not going to play as much this year, and can go to any school in the nation and be a starter. SC, receiver-wise, talent-wise, is loaded. SC has the ability to become wide receiver U, how deep they are, what they signed, what they brought in, and what they already have on their roster, like, to be really, really good. Like, SC is going to be loaded at receiver. And one thing I can say about Lincoln Riley is he's going to put each kid in the best position possible. Like, their starters are all different receivers. Kyle Ford is a big man that could go up top. He's a bigger Drake London. He reminds me of Mike Williams and uh, Dwayne Jarrett, right? He's just a 6'4 monster. Right then, you got you got Mario Williams, who's a true slot receiver that is so smooth, 
so shifty and fast. It can slot fade all day and gets open. Then you got the best receiver in the nation from last year who runs routes like a just like a gym. Like who like he runs routes so perfect, like it's like poetry in motion. Like so you don't you can it's like it's legit. Pick your poison. You're gonna double team Jordan Addison. Okay, Mario Williams, you get 200. You're gonna double team Mario Williams, Kyle Ford. Here. Go up top, big man. Do what you do. Use your strength and your speed and catch these eights and nines all day. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like, there, and oh, now Jordan Addison is open here. Run post, run out, run dig, catch and go. Like, they are extremely, extremely talented at the receiver position. Well, that I think, in my opinion, opens up the running game, right? So they're going to give up the box to protect the edge. But at the end of the day, five on five creates first downs every day. As long as I coach, as long as I always do football, if you have five men in the box, it's going to create touchdowns every day. It's going to create first downs every day. So all of a sudden, SC's runs game is going to open up because all the talent that they have on the edge and the perimeter. Yeah. And it's it's called complementary football, and that's one of my favorite terms when you really get into the brass tacks and we start talking some upper-level football conversations. Uh, I, I love when one hand washes the other and everything moves in motion and all cogs are spinning in, in unison and the machine is churning. And this UFC, USC offense is going to be a major, major machine and churn up a lot of points, especially in the Pac-12, and I can't wait to see it. <coughs> Definitely. Before we get going, we want to get let you guys know this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all of your favorite sports contests and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resources for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today to make your first bet. Use your online promo code BLEAVE50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Now we paid the bills. We can switch over. There's two sides to every ball. Camp report came out, and tackling was not great. In that sense, in that sense, I, I, and, and when you sent me that, and I was like, "That's not good." I read more into it. I'm not. That's not good. That's Lincoln Riley's fault. He changed the culture on the offense, but he didn't change the culture on the defense. And I don't care what you say. You can say it's Alex Grinch, blah blah blah. At the end of the day, it's Lincoln Riley's team, and he left it to Alex Grinch. That culture is the same culture. And they're showing symptoms of the same culture. They are the same culture on defense. I'm not going to talk bad about anybody, but this is what we are going to talk about. They have a good amount of talent to be a very good football team on defense. They don't have any world beaters. They have some guys that are on list. They're just on watch list. Watch list doesn't mean anything. They changed 30 times before the actual award, award ceremony in uh in January or late December, whenever they have the war ceremonies. Culturally, in the past of Todd Hilton's years, 
USC's defense has been very, very soft. They've been very nonchalant. They have a kind of I don't care attitude, in my opinion. When I read a report or when I hear things and I start to things start to come out saying there was a lot of missed tackles, there was a lot of this, there was a lot of that on defense. That shows that the same culture is there on defense. The problem is you have an Alabama transfer and you have multiple transfers from Auburn and the SEC that wanted to come to play for Lincoln Riley, and they are they have been enamored by that culture of being soft on defense. That's what worries me. You have linebackers who have adapted the Todd Helton culture, and if that culture carries over, SC will never get over the hill. Well, I'm here to spin a tale of positivity and unicorns and sunshine. Uh, tackling is a whor- is is one of those things that when you hear it's bad, just just it's like a bad apple in the bunch. Now, it only takes one apple to spoil a bunch, but you could very easily remove that apple, and the bunch will be fine. What they what it's 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 funny how football has evolved over time back in the day when you and I played we used to practice we used to practice tackling every day correct now you can't do that and and every football coach will tell you that you can only get better at football by playing football and practicing football every day and you can only get better at tackling by actually doing it and and for as cool and as fun as it may look the little spinning wheel that they just shoot across the the field that you're supposed to go tackle to teach you the proper technique. I mean, it's cool, but it's not that 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 wheel is not going to make a turn. That wheel is not going to hit you back. That heel is not that wheel is not going to brace for impact. You can only get better at tackling by tackling another man and, and taking him to the ground. I and I agree with you, and I understand that, and I I I I. I I get you. If this was a a, a middle-of-the-road defense last year, if this was a top-15 defense, if this was the number-one defense, I would not be worried. But this is a defense who has put a bad reputation on record multiple years in a row, right? So that's the that's the worry that I have. It's, it's more of are they still embracing that culture or it wasn't a bad scrimmage, right? And I'm going to go with the latter. And I'm hoping I'm wrong, right? And, and you're right. They haven't been tackling anybody, which I think you could always tackle a human within the rules. So anybody who's afraid to not know how to – anybody who doesn't know how to practice tackling a human within the rules is a bad football coach because yes. I could tackle you and work on tackling with no pads on. Doesn't yes. have to be full speed, but I could get yeah. used to wrapping you up, or I could have you run your legs. All right, wrap up and roll over. Boom! It could be a very controlled pace drill. So if you use that as an excuse, you're a bad football coach. That's just my opinion. You could always, there's always a way to work on something. There's always a way to do it. But like I said, I'm afraid of the culture that has been there, and I'm afraid that the culture got the new guys. And I want to be wrong. I want them to prove me wrong, and I want them to. I want them to eventually say, like, I want to watch these games and be like, "Oh shit, okay, they could play football." They just, they were just nervous on that first scrimmage. You right? 
I, I'm willing to be proven wrong. I'm I'm even willing to go a little bit further than that. I'm willing to I, I'm will I'm hoping that the reason why the tackling looks so poor and the reason why they look they look as though they needed so much more work in the spring game was because the offense is just that good. Our players are just that special. And iron sharpens iron. And if our two and if our offense as good as it is, is only going to continue to make that defense better. Now they obviously they have to tackle and they have to execute their game plans, read their keys, and, and manage their assignments. But when you have superior talent on the other side of the, of the football, it's only going to make you better with every rep that you take. And so the, the where they were when we saw them at the spring game is not where they are now. Now, how no. far have they progressed is remains to be seen. What I saw uh, – and it was some rather candid quotes that uh, Grinch put out there about how it was the, the tackling was bad and he was he thank God they didn't play today. But it the it is that it's also that ugly part of camp where you gotta you gotta you gotta step in and see where everybody's at, see who's done what, see who's progressed, see uh, and move forward together as a team. And so what they need to work on has been established once again, and I would hope and I would pray that Grinch makes the necessary adjustments moving forward and that somebody communicates with him that they and Lincoln Riley especially that it you can score all the points in the world, but if you want offense, fill seats, but defense wins championships. Defense wins championships consistently. That has even been <laughs> in the NFL. What Name one bad defense that's won the Super Bowl. I will say this. I have been hearing a bunch of positive about Shane Lee. They say he flies all over camp. He's been making he's he's been doing well in camp, right? But like, then again, they're limited to tackling days and they haven't really been able to tackle. You don't know his days are live. But he has been making plays. He's been speak he's been spoken about in camp about being a, a positive lever. He needs to take some of Alabama. He has to bring it to SC. That that yes. that's that's for certain. The same thing. The same thing with uh, Chris Thompson Jr. He has to take what he learned in Auburn. He has to bring it. Like, like there's a difference in championship teams, and a lot of people. I don't know if a lot of people don't know it or not, but I'm just gonna say this: a championship team polices themselves, coaches themselves. They are a. I. They're a family in a way, but they're like, there might be, I might not like, here's a perfect example. I might not like you and I might play next to you. Right. Or I might not even hang out. Not even so much as like, like is I might not hang out with you every day on an everyday basis. But when we show up in that meeting room, we're on the same page. When we're on the field and we're playing next to each other. We're on the same page. When we're playing on Saturday night, we're on the same page. But once we walk away, I might not see you again until Monday or Sunday when we got to go to rehab. But I speak to you, and I respect you as a person, but we're like a distant family. That is a championship team. That's what we had when I played there. I didn't hang out with all those guys. I had my group of friends. But when we showed up, right, once you walked into that locker room, you understood what time it was, and you made every single thing work. That's what had to happen. And I believe they have that in Alabama. I don't know for sure. I've never been in, but from what I know from when we were good and had our glory days, like 
that's what we had. And that's one of the things that really matters. And I think that's something that they have to bring. And that's something that they have to do. And I feel like when you win that many national championships, you have that in Tuscaloosa. So you have to bring some of Alabama to SC. Whatever you feel like you need to bring as a champion to SC, you have to bring it there. You know what I mean? Like you have to bring some of Alabama to SC to try to change the culture and be some type of leader. I will say this. When you leave, when you leave Alabama to come and play someplace else, you're not, it's not that you leave in Alabama, you bring in Alabama with you because when you come to a place that, that is crying out for a leader said, you got to be that guy. Like you said, you got to step up. You got to fill that role. You got to be the man. You got to lead by example. Because you got to lead. If you're not leading by example, you're not leading correctly. And you got to be able. And you once you can lead by example, then you have to be able to guide the guys around you, and so that they can rally around you for support, so that they know that that I got to. My man here is he's getting it done. I got to be like my man. My man is showing up on time. My man is hitting, not missing a workout, not missing a rehab, eating properly, getting to practice on time, getting to bed on time, and waking up early for morning practice. Everything, it, it's all a step in the process. And the game, the game is the cherry on top of, of the Sunday. But the work that gets put in from now until the season starts and every day in practice up until then, is, is an everyday audition to be to show this team what exactly it means to be a linebacker at SC. And we you, and you can take that Alabama mentality, that Alabama grid, because Alabama has had arguably the top one of the top two defenses for what the last 20 years. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, 100%. And that that is man, it's just so crazy. Like, like. Like you say, like when you when you leave, when you leave Alabama, when you leave Alabama, you are bringing Alabama with you. So they need to bring Alabama. He needs to bring Alabama with him. He needs to bring him like, this is how you win a championship. Y'all want to play on the first weekend of January? This is how you do it. If you fight me, if you fight me and you argue me, then we won't do it. And I'm not going to sit up here and make you guys do it. But this is how you do it. But he's playing phenomenal. That's that's what I should say. He's having a phenomenal camp from reports, right? And like he, uh, they might have had a bad scrimmage. They're going to scrimmage again. They'll scrimmage two more times before they get it all said and done. But from what I'm hearing, like he's running around, he's making plays in practice. Like he's he's making plays in scrimmage. Like he's playing phenomenal. That just has to translate over to Saturday. I will say this. I'm not going to get too excited about the first two games to see how this team really is. That's one thing that I'm 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 not going to get. I'm not going to go Google Gaga, and we'll talk about this some more next week. But I'm not going to get stupid, stupid excited about the two these first two games because Rice is Rice and Fresno State. Like they'll be competitive, but they're they're just not SC and they're not SC caliber. Like with no no disrespect to those kids who play that game, but there's just a different level. I want to see, like, I mean, I mean, they play Stanford, and that's a rivalry, and and and. But I want to. This is what I want to see from SC. I want to see them get out. I want to see them get out on an opponent, and then when they get out on an opponent, I don't want them to blow the lead in the fourth quarter. 
which we're used to seeing. Globally, I don't want to <laughs> yeah. say globally, period, whether it be the quarter or all the way through the fourth. No, I'm a, I am a full pedal to the metal, full speed ahead guy. Give them hell for 60 minutes and don't let up. And if it goes into overtime, keep pu- keep pushing. Keep pushing. Yeah. I, and I, I like, and it, I mean, this is, it, I mean, this is something that, and, and, and just to let you guys know who's listening to us, well, right now we'll be once a week because it's camp time. And, but once season starts, which is in two weeks, right? Two weeks, we'll, yes, we'll be twice a week. So they play, they don't play next weekend. They play the following weekend, right? There's September 3rd. Yes. First game is September 3rd. You'll catch us twice a week. We'll have a lot of film for you guys. We'll be doing something new. We'll be discussing film. We'll actually be going over film next week, right? Because we want to do that again. Um, not again, but we want to talk a little bit about Lincoln Riley. But what – and we'll review games and we'll do all that great stuff. But, um, no, actually, next week, we I think we need to go – what do you think? You want to go twice next week, Phil? Uh, we can see what we can see what it is. I I would really like to see if we could come across some film, uh, some some film of the current. I got, team. Yeah, I got some rice field coming. Okay. I got rice coming. We could break down rice. We could do all those great things. But back back to back to the situation at hand. Um, we need to we need to understand that beating rice by fourteen. And holding on to victory is not good. That's bad culture. That's bad. Beating Stanford by 21 and holding on to victory, that's bad culture. Right? Now, I will say this. I will give an exception. They changed the redshirt rule. You get four games. So if they go up on on, on rise by 60, and then all of a sudden you see a bunch of people playing in the third and fourth quarter that that are all freshmen, and they're starting to get chewed up, I will gladly accept that, and I will want Lincoln Riley to keep them out there unless the game gets completely out of hand and they need to hold on to the lead. Because the best thing about those kids playing is those kids are getting better and they're getting grilled game time reps. Yes. I am 100% all for that. But if that starting defense is out there and they start giving up points, that's where I have the issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so from what I what I've read, and I'll be honest, what I've read is that they they're not looking to experiment with starters, and what that tells me is that they they got they got a set guy set amount of guys, and and those set amount of guys are are the cream of their crop, and the and the rest of them are are some that need to be brought along, and so you you gotta you gotta prepare take these opportunities with with spring camp, fall camp. And heading into the season, even in practice, and somewhere in the middle of the season, to work these guys in, get these guys up to speed, because you can't you can't play a an entire season with forty with forty four guys or twenty two guys. Excuse me. No, no, you're one hundred percent right. A lot, and you really play. You play with about five receivers, three running backs. Hmm. Well, there's truly two linebackers two. nowadays. So you play with four linebackers, and the DBs are the only one, and the O linemen are the only ones that stay in the game the whole time. But everybody else, they do play on a rotation. So it, it's the depth that's the key, and I think that's what Lincoln Riley is uh, going to get the key. So I mean, a change. I'm gonna I'm change the pace. I'm gonna change the pace here, and uh, 
before we change the place, I want to let you guys know Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today. And use your, or use your mobile device to join to join today and make your first sports bet. Use promo code Believe Fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so I I, I just want to we're gonna flip it up here. We're gonna do a little schedule preview, right? Um, do it. It, it and it's real quick. Tell me what you expect. Tell me what you want to see. We'll run through all 12 games. I think this is a good way to end it up. We'll run through all 12 games. Tell me what you tell me what you want to see. Tell me what you expect. And then we'll we'll come up with a little prediction result. Right? So Rice next weekend. Rice at the college sim. What do you want to see? What do you expect? I want I want to see a blowout. First and foremost, I need to see a blow. I need to see probably at least five to six passing touchdowns before they before you call off the dogs. Uh, I'd like to see. I'm curious to see the the run game get going. I definitely want to see that. And I want, like you said, like you said, you, this is not a game that they should be winning by 14. I want to see the defense come out. I don't expect them to shut them out, but I, I definitely don't want to see them give up more than I'll say something safe would be 17. All right. This is what I this is what I expect. I, I, I expect just a complete blowout, right? Those are my yeah. expectations. It's rice. It hasn't been they haven't been good since I've been on nerd. So like at the end of the day, like we should what I want to see, I want to see complete dominance. If you, if any game is a statement game, this is a statement game. I want to see complete dominance. I want to see seventy-one nothing. I just want them. I just want them to just show that they are what they everybody thought they were, and and then we'll we'll make this happen, right? So that's what I want to see. Here we go. Game two, September tenth, four thirty, in Stanford, California, in the Bay. My man feels homeland. Yay! What do you expect and what do you want to see at Stanford? I expect to be live in the building to watch them play Stanford. This is what I'm looking for to see physicality. I want to see just how tough this team really is. And you look, there's a couple games on this season that I've circled because I expected this to, these would be the games where they would have to show me something. This is this is this will be a particular game that I'd like to see what the defense does. I want to see how they stack up against the run. I want to see how they stack up against physical teams. I want to see how they can how they can protect protect against the pass. I, that's what I want to see. And then on offense, I want to see how this offensive line holds up. Because Stanford's defense is is usually stout, especially up front. And I want to see them move the pile. I want to see them protect. Caleb Williams. And then I want to see the receivers do their thing. I want to see, but more importantly, I think that Stanford is the battle in the trenches and the test of the toughness. That's what I'm looking for more than anything. I expect that to be a close one. I think that'll probably end up being somewhere around 28, 25. 
what I expect, what I expect from Stanford, the Stanford game, is is the rite of passage to show that they are that they are the most dominant team in the conference. I I think if they go and they hit Stanford in the mouth, because Stanford is still not a good football team. They might they are they're on recovery mode, but they're not a good football team. But what they are is physical. They are a physical football team. They're going to be physical every year. And I, I, I what I, my expectations is for them to show up and beat them wholeheartedly. And people start to look like, all right, maybe SC is as good as, as good as they say they are. What I want to see, I think this is the first true test for the defense to show how tough they are. And are they going to be a defense that people respects or not? So I just want to see the defense come out, make tackles, stop the power, and and be a stout defense, right? I don't yes. think the game's going to be that close. I think it's more like 35-14. Like, they'll compete because it is a rivalry game, and, and people, like, the Stanford SC game is, is, is really big. It's bigger than people expect. It's the weekender, but I think it'll be 35-14. But I think that Stanford will play them close up front, and then SC will start to separate. Fresno State, Coliseum. Expectations and what do you want to see? I expect to be in the house for that one too. I uh, what do I expect to see with out of this game? I expect to be thoroughly entertained. I want to see. Uh, I want out of this game. I want to see a knock them out, drag them out fight. Obviously, I'd like to see a uh, SC blowout at week after week. But I want. I, I'm hoping. Because we've heard a lot about Fresno State, you look at the games that they have on the schedule. This, this is another. This is a marquee game for them at, at the Coliseum, and I want to see them take care of business at home, put on a show for the rest of the country, and show what SC is all about. My expectation for the Fresno State game is this is the first sign of a mature team, because every kid at Fresno State feel like SC should have recruited them. So them kids are going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. These are local California kids from Southern California and all over California who wanted to go to SC. So they have that chip on their shoulder. They're going to play SC harder than most schools in the conference because they want to prove that point, right? My expectations are that they have to be mature this week. They have, They can't let this game be close, right? They have to show up. They have to be the team that they are. Right, and we're predicting they're two and zero by then. Two confident wins. They have to show up and be the team. This is the first true test because if you fall asleep on Fresno, they will beat you. Yes, they will. <laughs> Believe it or not, like you fall asleep on Fresno, they will beat you. So they, this is when they have to show up. If they show up, this will be a like game one. It'll be a big win. We'll roll out. Roll it fast. Here we go. Oregon State. In Corvallis. In Corvallis. In Corvallis. Got to take care of business on the road. Remember, gotta, they gotta, remember Oregon State beat them last year. Yes, I said they got to take care of business on the road. They got to shut down the run. This is this will be another game for the defense. They're going to have they're going to have to be able to adjust on multiple fronts. They're going to be able, they're going to have to stop the run and the pass and show as show not not as show toughness as well, but alert. And, and keep an eye on the football and, and uh, stay true to their assignments. 
I expect this to probably – they beat them last year. That's not going to happen this year. I expect SC to beat them by 14. All right. I expect that this is going to be a revenge game, and I do think that because there's a little, 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 little uh, chip on their shoulder, this game is going to be not as close as people think they are going to be. Now, it depends what defense shows up, right? And, and Oregon is just as tough. They run the ball. You talk about old school power football. That's what you get from Oregon State, and that's what they do. So. Stout time, tighten up a little bit tighter and be ready to go. If you got to do a little bit of extra shrugs and exercises, because you're going to get bowed a little bit this week. And this is the first true toughness game for SD. So I expect them to show up, be tough, and let's roll. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to 4 0. Now let's nice. open people's eye. Yep. Here we go. Arizona State. Back to back. Oh, no, not back to back home games. They're on the road. So they're home on the road. Home on the road, and then they're home. Arizona State. Herm Edwards is coming to L.A. You played you- to win the game, and you beat <laughs> Arizona State. I, I and, and I think this is a this is more of a Lincoln Riley game. Now we all know what Herm is capable of, and we all know what Herm's defensive coaching staff is capable of, and what they can do with their players in terms of scheme. Now, if anybody's going to be able to X and O matchup against USC's offense, it should be Arizona State's defense. And it will be an interesting test to see whose X's or how they make adjustments off of what it is that they want to do. Now, does that necessarily is from a talent standpoint, they're clearly not equal. But but scheme can help scheme can overcome some deficiencies. And I would like to see, and I'd like to see Lincoln Riley make sh- ensure that that doesn't happen. I'd like to make sure that uh, Caleb Williams takes this particular opportunity to grow after experiencing what it's like to be schemed on by a former NFL defensive head coach. Uh, so. <laughs> I I think Arizona's low key in a debacle internally, management wise. Like there's a lot of there's a lot going on. I don't think Arizona State. I'm excuse me, Arizona State. They're dealing with a lot. I don't know how good they're going to be, but I don't think that they were on the uptrend. But they don't know how to follow rules, so I think they're going to be going back on the down. So. This is a game that, like, I expect them to win, but I don't know how well, how 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 much better Arizona State got. Right? We're not. I don't really follow Arizona State. I don't care about Arizona State. I'm not a full time beat reporter, so I'm not going to follow the whole Pac-12. I don't know how good they've gotten. If they improved, this would be this would be a true skills test because Arizona State has been on the rise. Like I said, this will be a true skills test. But if all that other stuff is bothering them, this is going to be a game where. SC throws up 50 and Arizona State might score 14 and people are going to get shot easily. Yeah. Easily. Next game, Washington State. This one's yeah. real easy. This one's real easy. <laughs> Run them over. Run them over. <laughs> Washington State. How fast can you get to 50? Let's be mature. Let's not get anybody hurt. 
Let's go home. In fact, the time is the time is TBD. Uh, I hope they play at noon, so at least they get some time to rest. Because Washington State's not going to be great. They'll be decent. Here we go. Big game. Here we go. Big game. Salt Lake City, October fifteenth. Utah Utes, the defending Pac-12 South champions in Salt Lake. What are we expecting, and what do we want to see in this game? This right here, we're going to go ahead and call part one. I expect to see Utah twice this year. What's going to happen? This is going to be the test. This, this is this was one of the other games that I had circled on my calendar that I'm ready to see and can't wait. This is where this is where you see SC take take that step where they're ranked 14th right now. This game is where they start to where they start to creep up. If they can now, go now I don't mean to cut you off. And ideally, they'll be. We went through. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven and zero going to Salt Lake, so they'll probably be about ten. They'll be up ten through 10. twelve in the nation. Yeah. Yeah. This state, this game can. This, now you had said Rice should be a statement game, and and we and I I get what you're saying with that, but this game <clears throat> is the statement game. You come out here, you go to Salt Lake City, and you smack Utah at home. You're going to the top five. At at eight, no, you're going to the top five, and now you start. Now we're starting to hear the talk about the the CFP. Utah, Salt Lake. Most likely, they're going to, it's going to be a TV game. If they're seven and zero at the time, they're going to put them on at night, yep. right? Because everybody, or maybe noon, they might give them a noon game because they want people That'd on the East Coast night. to see it. You think it'll be a night game? Night, night in October, it's going to be cold. You're going to hear all the bullshit, this and that. That's where it becomes a statement game. That right there. This is a game where they shut everybody up. They go into Utah. And they go eight and zero. We're talking CFP, and you're going to figure out why in the next four games why they're talking CFP. They go to Utah and they shut everybody up. They're going to CFP, right? I expect them to just go play, play their game, shut everybody up, be the SC football team that people know, and we we got action here. Here we go. Next week, October 29th, they go to Tucson. So Tucson, two games in a row on the road. Tucson, Arizona. Arizona's eh, they're okay. They're not great. But now we're nine and zero. Well, this is our prediction. We're not saying that SC's going nine and zero. We're just saying we're 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 nine and zero. They walk into Tucson. How fast can you get to forty? And how fast can you get out without anybody getting hurt? One hundred percent. This is this is a this. If you talk about trap game, this is a trap game. We're talking about coming off of a big win on the road against one of the top teams in the conference. Now you have to go play the bottom of the barrel of the teams in the conference on the road. You're probably gonna have to play them for a 9 a.m. game or maybe a maybe a, a middle of the day game. You know what I mean? Like stay safe. Let's beat them. Let's get home. Don't lose to Arizona at Arizona. Because now you're a top five. Maybe you're on, you may you might be on the outside. You might be number seven or six, but yeah. you're number sixteen. You don't need to lose to Arizona. The following week, <clears throat> November fifth, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, University of California, the original UC of all of the state. <laughs> 
University of California at home, homecoming and reunion weekend. Expectations. That's your hood too. That's Berkeley. That's Berkeley, California. That's down the hill from the from 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 the town. Town business. You know what I mean? There you listen, go. Listen, I, I'm aware of where I am, and I will remain when in Rome. <laughs> uh, I did. I I got a lot of respect for for Justin Wilcox. I got a lot of respect for his defense. I got a lot of respect for the effort that he gets from the players. But from a talent standpoint, it's not even close. One hundred percent. This, yeah, that is a uh, trap game two. I will say they have two back-to-back trap games because now they're playing on homecoming weekend. This is going to be a day game for sure. They're going to yeah. play on homecoming weekend, and they got homecoming reunion weekend. It's at the Coliseum. They just came off the road two weeks in a row. Now they're playing Cal. It's, and then you really don't take Cal seriously on offense, but like you do, like you say, you're spectrum on defense because they do have dudes on defense. And they play really well defense. They, this is one of those times, like I said, like they ha- the maturity. Let's see how mature they are. You're on the road for two weeks. You're coming back home. It's homecoming. You have festivities going on all week. Let's see how mature you are. Let's come on home and let's get a win. But and let's beat a team you should beat. Yes. November 11th, Friday. Friday, November 11th. Joint Forces Day. Colorado Buffaloes come to town. I believe they lost to Colorado last year, right? I think so. That's neither here nor there. (coughs) Not sold on Colorado. I think Carl Durrell was doing another bad job at another university. He's not a head coach. He's a position coach. Um. They should just blow them out. They should. Colorado is not good. They should completely just stump them, in my opinion. What do you think? By that time, by that time, like I said, with what we what we've seen, what we expect to have seen by then, the way we expect for everything to go, all hell, all things being considered health, everybody continuing to progress, that they shouldn't have a problem with Colorado. All right, last next game. November 29th, Pasadena, California, at one of the oldest stadiums in the state of California. The Rose Bowl in Pasadena. UCLA, the crosstown rival, the battle for Victory Vale. I'm just going to say this. And we get to, tomorrow night, if you guys watch LAFB, tomorrow night we'll be on the Desi guys. Uh, No, is that it? Tad and Tad and. We'll be on the fantasy football guy, Ty and Amar. Uh, we'll be talking about this stuff. We're going to be featuring there, so tune in and watch that tomorrow. If we butcher your name, Tad and Amar, we're sorry about your show. We'll 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 post it up later. But I will say this: UCLA skill wise is not as skilled as USC. There's no reason why the bill does not come back to to USC. That's all I have to say. That's my whole expectation. Bring the bill home. Win. You own the Rose Bowl. Southern California football is UFT. Those are my expectations. That's what I want to happen. What do you think about this game? Ditto. <laughs> Here we go. November 26th. Now we're saying they're undefeated, right? They're undefeated. November 26th. This team that they might play here might be undefeated. It might be in the top five along with them. 
at the Coliseum. And this is a little side note. Whenever USC plays Notre Dame at home, they play Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. So Thanksgiving weekend, Notre Dame at the Coliseum. You talk about final exam, last game of the season. This is the final exam. Expectations. What do you want to see? You don't this know yet? Shot. Is this a good shot? I don't know. What do I expect to see? I actually don't know. I want you know. That'll be one that I just want to be. But I think the beauty of it will be that that'll just, like you said, that'll be the final exam. Because you, you beat Notre Dame. You finish undefeated. We're in the CFP. We're, t- we're we're now looking at playing for the Natty. That does not put them in the CFP because they have the pack they have the pack to a championship. Well, they will but, have the championship. You're right. I will tell you this. I'm I am with you. I have no answer for you because I need to see how good we really are. And if we're really that good, then it will be great to see Notre Dame come down and, and it'll be a good football game. And if we take an elbow, we take an elbow. We're still going to Pac-12 Championship. We'll still get a New Year's Six game. And that is a great first year by Lincoln Riley. Great start. Absolutely. Season-wise, if we lose one game, that'll be a great start by Lincoln Riley, man. Phil, it was a good one. I'll see you tomorrow on Thad and Desi's show. It's always good. We'll be back next week, guys. Like, subscribe, follow. Hit us up. Got any questions? We'll make it happen. You got anything to close it out? And as always, fight on. Live free, fight on. We'll see you guys next time. Oh, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. Go get your free deposit 50% matching.